Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Great is the daughter of heaven who tortures babies. Her hand is a net, her embrace is death. She is cruel, raging, angry, and predatory. A runner, a thief, is the daughter of heaven. She touches the bellies of women in labor. She pulls out the pregnant woman's baby. The daughter of heaven is one of the gods, her brothers with no child of her own. Her head is a lion's head. Her body is a donkey's body. She roars like a lion. She consistently howls like a demon dog. Luciferian Witchcraft, Book of the Serpent. Hello once again, and welcome back to another Horror Shots podcast. I'm Casey, and my ongoing study of demons and their history continues today with the terrible Lamashtu. But first, a bit of housekeeping. Recently, I made the switch from SoundCloud to Podbean, and it's a little trial period I'm going through. I'm looking at other hosts to make it a little more accessible and to have everything in one place for you. Those are just a couple of the reasons. I like the dedicated platform to podcasting that Podbean offers. I'm also looking at Pippa.io, which offers very similar sort of services. Like I said, it keeps the cast neat and tidy on my own little personal website, and it's easier to search for you. With this, I can also keep my blog and photography stuff a little bit separate. I find it to be cleaner all around. Not that SoundCloud was bad or anything, but the sheer volume and content on there kind of made the podcast difficult to find for new listeners. Podbean also offers a uh, patron service, somewhat like Patreon, uh, very similar, in fact. So you can check out either one of those. Uh, you can check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash horrorshots, or just click the support me button on the Podbean page. Now what you get from these are little tidbits from the show, some transcripts, some never-before-seen pictures, and access to parts of the website, my website, the horrorshotsblog.wordpress.com. So it's a little bit worthwhile if you want to check that out and support me, because support is all that I can ask for. Your listening is really just enough, but some people like to do a little bit more, and I'm super appreciative of that. And uh, one last little bit of info before I get the cast started. In the new year, I'll be collaborating with the girls at the Spoop Hour podcast. You may have heard me plug them a few times in the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, if you like the CW or WB shows like Supernatural and Arrow and all those great comic book shows, and surely you love a couple of crossovers. And if you do, you will love this. It's still in the early planning stages, but I'm excited to work on whatever we choose with them. It'll be awesome, so don't forget to check them out as well on Podbean or iTunes or pretty much wherever you uh, listen to podcasts. That's the Spoop Hour podcast. Just search it. You'll find them. Can't miss it. Now, on to the cast itself. Today's demon is one you've probably never heard of. She predates Christianity, like most, and was a menace to women and children in the Mesopotamian region. Her name? Lamashtu. As you may have guessed from the intro, in Cantation, she was a very unpleasant demon known for terrorizing pregnant women, which I'll touch on a little bit more later, but let's start at the very beginning. Lamashtu is known to be in the Mesopotamian pantheon as a daughter of An, or Anu, 
the Sumerian god of the sky. Lamashtu is believed to act on her own accord, though, and not through the will of the other gods. This made her somewhat of a rebel, in my eyes anyway. As with most ancient legends, or in the case of demons, it's difficult to pinpoint the exact date or even year of origin for Lamashtu, which means she could have come into play anywhere between 3500 BC and 400 AD. It's a very large gap in terms of origin, however, being that she is the daughter of one of the higher gods in the pantheon, and the fact that the Louvre has a Lamashtu plaque that they dated between the 10th and 7th century BC probably means that's about the time her belief began. Now, what's this about a plaque, you might ask? I'm not just going to gloss over it, don't worry. It was believed that in order to protect yourself and your unborn child, you needed to hang something known as a Lamashtu plaque at the head of your bed. Doing so would ward off her attacks and thus protect you and your unborn child from her attacks. Furthermore, it was widely believed that the plaque needed to remain hanging after birth as well as Lamashtu was known to steal babies while breastfeeding occurred. She was not a very friendly demon. At all. Another popular way of warding off this nasty demon god thing was to recite the incantation I started the show with, which depicts her as a quite nasty-looking thing with the head of a lion, blood-stained talons, and the body of a donkey. Her breasts, unpleasant, hung bare for all to witness as well. She was, for all intents and purposes, nightmare fuel. I suppose that goes for most demons, though. It seems that protecting yourself and your family from her was wise, as most, if not all, miscarriages were attributed to her. As I said, warding her off was a popular practice, and of course that means there are even more ways than I mentioned to keep her away. A medallion or amulet in the form of Pizazu could work as a charm against her as well. Pizazu has actually come up a lot in my research into this particular demon. I can only gather from what I found that Pizazu was sort of her keeper. Pizazu being the king of demons. They were sort of like a nemesis to one another. Those tablets or plaques I mentioned earlier, they feature Pizazu forcing Lamashtu back into the underworld. This image appears on the featured piece in the Louvre, so it does indeed suggest to me that the two are absolutely connected in some way, shape, or form. I've talked about ways to ward her off and ultimately get rid of Lamashtu, but what is it she did? Sure, we know that she didn't like pregnant women or babies, but what? And why? Well, those are some very excellent questions. Jeez, you guys are full of curiosity today, aren't you? One rumor that I came across was that she wasn't actually working on her own accord against the gods, but actually for them. See, apparently the gods worried about overpopulation, and so they did what they could to thin the herd, so to speak. So Lamashtu is sent to help keep the population in check before it spiraled out of control. Therefore, babies and pregnant mothers were the target. Not only that, I did read a long time ago, so long in fact that I can't find the source material, so forgive me on that if I've gotten this wrong, but she would scour the fields and wetlands in search of children to snatch up for her own. She was a constant presence in ancient Mesopotamia, and it seemed nobody was safe. Not even men, despite her tendencies to favor women and, as I said, children and babies. The plaques that were hung often depicted a man lying in bed, and therefore she was attributed to disease and outbreak. If her job was truly to eradicate parts of the population, she seemed to be doing a pretty good job of it. 
I've left out one important part, but that's just good storytelling, isn't it? Keep you waiting and wondering. Of course, you may not even know what the best part is yet. You may not even know that you were missing the best part. That's how good a storyteller I am. Maybe not. That, my friends, has yet to be determined. It's what she did with those corpses or babies or women or children or whatever that she stole. What did she do with them? By all accounts, Lamashtu devoured the corpses of her victims. She had an unquenchable thirst for the flesh of babies and children. And before too long, it was an urging desire that she had to consume it. It's pretty terrible stuff, I must say. There's one last little tidbit of information I really want to share about Lamashtu. She had such influence over the Mesopotamians that she evolved over time, becoming the basis for the mother of all demons. Literally, in Lilith. Now that might be a name you're familiar with. I won't go too much into detail on Lilith just yet. I'll have a cast plan for her later on. Of that, you can be sure. It'll be a long one as well, as she is one of the most documented demonic figures out there, and is referenced in multiple religions as well. That should be fun. Ancient Mesopotamia had a slew of demons and gods to worry about. There's a time rich in myth and history and lore and fiction. But in today's age of knowledge and information, we can find it hard ourselves to believe that people actually believed in these entities and that they were the reason for illness, famine, and death. But remember, thousands of years ago, people didn't have the luxury of knowledge that we now have. And so to understand things, they focused on what they knew, which was religion. As much of an oxymoron as that might be, their only true answers came from things they made up. Spirits, entities, gods, and demons. Of course, they aren't the only culture on Earth to do that. In fact, it does still take place today. Like on Facebook, when a picture of Ewan McGregor shows up as Obi-Wan Kenobi on my feed and says, Type Amen if you believe in Jesus and good things will happen. It just goes to show that belief and faiths rarely die. They just change with the people around them. But that is all I have for you today on Lamash 2. I'll be back next time with another demon to look at. Don't know who yet. It's going to be a surprise. So until then, keep yourself safe out there. You never know what might be lurking in the shadows. And if you don't hear from me before then, have a very happy new year.